to the Off The Crossbar podcast with Regan Walsh and Brad Morris, in which we discuss all the talking points from around the world of football. But before we get into this week's podcast, make sure you like and subscribe to us, whether you're listening to us on Apple, Spotify or Acast. And as I said, I'm joined by Brad, who is not in the best of moods after today's result. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, what a difference a week makes, eh? I, I, uh, I could just call how chirpy you were going to be. <laughs> it was always going to happen, wasn't it? Of course we did. I'm the one that predicted it. <laughs> um, we're not going to start with Manchester United for a change. We'll save them for a bit later on. We'll start off with your Aston Villa. Um, that performance on Sunday, which is today for us, against West Ham. Thoughts? They're on. We are so bad right now. There's just I don't really know. I mean, it's now four defeats in a row, four years. They're just nothing seems to be clicking like he tried a change of formation today and players in the starting 11 and even that just didn't seem to help you out at all see we shouldn't put anything against what is a very good West Ham side in the form of their life oh yeah like this is an exceptional West Ham team like you said uh, in the form of their life but at the same time this Villa team should be able to put up a better fight than they did well yeah obviously but the game felt done after seven minutes. They scored that goal and, you know, we just never got going. It's the story of our season so far. Yeah. I mean, it is really shocking to see, considering what we said pre-season of what our expectations were for the Villa, we just completely been proven wrong. Um, Looking back on that prediction, um, it's going to be fun, isn't it? Yeah, it really will be. Um, I think the main talking point, obviously... You conceded early, and there was the other uh, two goals before half time, uh, one for either side. But uh, five minutes into the second half, Esri concert getting sent off for uh, the elbow on. No, you, Antonio? You've, you've mixed the two things. Why? Because the incident was what happened was Fornells is running, and Courtney Hawes gives what I can only describe as a spinning elbow. Oh, yeah, on, on him. And then somehow the ball's found its way to Jared Bowen, who's he looks for it, but yeah. he drags the ball away from goal. And Conte has brought him down with the softest of touches, and it's deemed as a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. Yeah, it is a very strange one. Um, but the initial elbow incident, which I was talking about, I think that should have been given a red, and not the Conte one. It, that like what Cordy Hawes did is actually one of my favourite wrestling moves of a wrestler that I like a lot <laughs> it was just yeah although it, I still thought yellow on horse but I thought that would deserve a red more than what cancer did yeah like when they were going on the replays initially I thought is it for the elbow uh, by Courtney Horse and I was like okay this seems sensible because well, they, they checked like both hitting yeah and then they when checked both they started started... That's not a red. <laughs> Bad one is. Yeah, and then when they showed the console one, I was like, like you said, he's going away from the goal in this situation, so I'm not too sure as to why they deemed that to be a red card situation. Yeah, it was very 50-50, the actual one that got the red card. But mm. it was no excuse of just how the game went. 
Yeah, I mean, the rest of that second half, West Ham were just in total control. I mean, already had a 2-1 lead, and obviously Villa having to go into a more defensive formation just really cost you that second half of any chance of trying to get back into the game. So we had the chance to equal it was Watkins hit the bar mm. with a header if he scores that it's probably a different story and you know I remember that chance out of the more wits because it's probably the only good chance we had yeah like that and the goal it, it's something just, it's something off mm. no one really quite knows what it is but something's not clicking yeah it is a little strange as to like what is going on because that it's you're too good to be in this situation of uh, being in and amongst like a relegation fight, which you well and truly are. And it's, I just don't know what's going on. And you said at the end of your tweet not too long ago, I don't want to call for a change, but I fear there may be no choice soon. Um, could it actually be that Dean Smith is just out of his depths now at Villa? Like he's achieved all that he can with this Villa squad and is it time for a new man I know it seems strange to say that but at the same um, time you've got to think it's kind of making sense at the same time I have to say out of dips it's probably too strong for the phrase of words to use mm. in that situation but maybe yeah he has gone as far as he can mm. he's given he's, got, he's given us great memories he's given me the best memory yeah. that I've had we've seen this too many times with managers in the past Mm. So it's like, yeah, just the endless cycle that keeps going. This is the story of Aston Villa Football Club. Yeah, it's like you kind of want to change before it gets worse for Dean Smith because you don't want to be in a situation oh, where... I could understand, I feel like I could understand people wanting to change it now so that there's something to salvage of this season yeah. and that we're not just, you know, even if it, we did go on a good run, it wasn't just to get mid-table and survive the bottom. Yeah. Because you look, we're only, I don't know the gap between also seven, I swear it's got six points. So it's not yeah. completely the end of the world. No, and let's be clear. But it is very depressing right now. <laughs> yeah, let's be clear on one thing. We're only 10 games into the season. There's still another 28 to go. We're only in October. It's not panic stations for full panic stations just yet, but it is uh, something that is quite uh, worrying in terms of what Aston Villa are capable of doing. It's the next three games. That's what it all hangs on. Brighton, Southampton, Crystal Palace. All three very winnable games. Three winnable games. games. Yeah, you have to be winning these games to be uh, a chance of salvaging the season. I know, like we just said, it's really early on, but if you lose, say, two of the three or you only win one of them three and say a draw and a loss or two losses then it is really worrying the way I see it we have to get something at Brighton but pretty much don't lose the next two otherwise that is when I feel that there is no choice but to make the call hmm. but then there's the issue if you make the call who's out there who would come to us other than the only option I can think now is would we be able to tempt a Fonseca if he's available still Potentially, um, you could also maybe bring Eddie Howe into the job. Uh, very fifty-fifty on something like that. I'm trying to think of who else could. Oh, screw! Why are you tempting Antonio Conte? In? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was just trying to think of someone. If it's good enough for Newcastle, we should be able to get in there as well. Yeah, but apparently the reason he's turning down these jobs that he's allegedly been linked to is because he doesn't want to take a mid-season job he'd rather take in at uh, the start of the season. So, um, However... Right, the other one will be available in a month's time again when it comes open. Well, it could be even sooner that he could be in the job with what reports have gone on. Oh no, you know which one I'm on about. Don't worry, we'll get there. Uh, but overall, uh, good performance from West Ham and their good season sees them level on points with Manchester City in third place and just five points off the top of the table. They, they absolutely deserve They deserve respect. Yeah. Like, I feel like we've not covered them enough. Yeah. I haven't realised like they've done uh, really well this season and we have just kind of, like you say, glossed over them a bit. Um, going to be very uh, interesting because uh, I believe uh, David Moyes joins the 1000 Club next time out. Who knows what could have happened if he was still the Man United manager? You never do. You never will know. Uh, but no, you didn't want to give him a chance, did you? wasn't me. I don't make the final decision. I never said to sack him or anything. Um, you all said he wasn't good enough. Yeah. However, West Ham themselves have got three very challenging fixtures coming up. Uh, they start off at Liverpool next, uh, at home to Liverpool next Sunday. Uh, then after the international break, they travel to Wolves and they end the month with a trip up to Manchester City. So it's going to be a challenging time for them to see are they really going to be um, challenging for that fourth place in the Premier League or... Will they have to be set for a Europa League place again? Well, let's face it, look at how the top three have done mm. this weekend. Get results against some of them. You could put them in the title race. You really could do. Uh, but yeah, as we've seen this weekend, two of them especially are just there for the taking. Mm. Uh, one team that don't look like being in a title race anytime soon, Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, what has gone wrong for them? Lost five out of their last seven. The fans are booing Nuno Espirito Santo's uh, substitutions and reports today, uh, time of recording Sunday, came out that he could potentially be sacked as manager just 17 games into his tenure at uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And also the notifications are on, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen as we finish recording. I know. Which is going to be annoying. I was... Remember, this is Daniel Levy. Yeah, but of course remember... it's going to happen at like 10 o'clock at night or something. Yeah, but if you remember when Mourinho got sacked back in April, it was 9 o'clock on a Monday morning. And it was very much out of nowhere. Yeah, so... Same could happen with uh, Nuno tomorrow. Um, but yeah, it's not going well for them in the league. They sit in 8th place, I believe. Um lost 3-0 to Manchester United this weekend only scored 9 goals in the league all season and That's then there is the age old problem of a clinical striker in peak form well that's what I was just about to say you've got a striker who clearly doesn't want to be there he's having an awful season in the league yes he might be doing it in the cups for them and for England but his league form is dreadful it's pitiful hmm. All right. if they had a different striker available I would be dropping Kane without any hesitations. What if you believe all the Tottenham fans on Twitter that Dane Scarlett's the future? So, well, you that need wasn't to be a Dane Scarlett. I'm sure he's pretty good, but you know Tottenham haven't. They've just never had a backup striker good enough. 
for years that was actually no. their player. Like Carlos Vinicius was decent, but he's not theirs. Yeah, and that loan got terminated what after half a season. No, or I thought he finished like an eighteen-month loan. I don't actually remember the length of it, but I know he did the whole season. I thought it was like an eighteen-month loan or two-year loan, and it got cancelled after one. And I think after the after the loan, there was reports that he could have made it permanent, but he's gone to Benfica, I believe it is. I think Benfica is where he came from, but it's not yeah. hugely important. But anyway, Spurs. I mean, it, everyone this week were talking about is this going to be Ollie's last game in charge if they lose? But it really did look like Nuno, who was the manager, more in trouble because they were just all over the shop. Mm. It was coined as El Sakaka for a reason. Yeah, the, the loser we joked about it on Thursday. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, they just someone didn't see him right with Tottenham. Like, like they're used to conservative styles of football, but this is not good. No, I mean, just looking at them defensively for all three of their goals, they were just lackadaisical. They just didn't think about it at all, did they? You look up lackadaisical in the dictionary; it just says Eric Dyer as the definition. Yeah, it really does. Like he was, like especially for. Uh, the third goal that Rashford scored like he put his hand up for offside and he's that. the one that's playing him on you know what I had my eye on Rashford in that whole move because I just mm. thought he's quite open there isn't he and then yeah. they had the chance to slot him through and I'm thinking just put him through <laughs> and okay he's, mm. he's, he's through like, it's just comically bad defending I mean I don't know what Spurs need because they've had two world-class managers in Pochettino and Mourinho that couldn't fix this problem and now they've got Nuno who is obviously a different star manager compared to uh, Jose but there just seems to be this problem but I can't figure out what the problem is I think the problem was from the very start of the appointment because remember he was nowhere near their first choice and it couldn't have been more obvious well, yeah, didn't they go through like 11 different choices before he actually landed on Nuno? Remember, like, he started with there was so Conte, many... and then there was all the talks with Fonseca, and he looked like that was pretty much done. Mm-hmm. And then that fell through. And then I mean, Nuno I feel, was just in. I feel like we saw the name likes of Eddie Howe on the list, Brendan Rodgers. I feel like we Unai Emery was even linked with the job at one point I feel like like there were so many names linked with that Spurs job and like you said it was clear that he wasn't ever first choice for the job and no, it's maybe been that rubbed, to say maybe that rubbed in to the dressing room as well I don't know yeah. if, I don't know if it's a debate whether the team's buying for him or not I can't speak about that <laughs> it's weird because the league form suggests not but then you look at how they're doing in the Europa Conference League as well, and they're third in their group. And you know, like they they can score the goals in that tournament, but again, defensively they're really poor. And I I just don't know why because they've made four signings this summer, so it's not like there's been a massive turnover in the squad. So it's just question marks as to what is going wrong. With them. But it's fascinating. You look at their defence 
right, they signed Christian Romero, but the rest of them are still the exact same options. Yeah. Emerson Royale maybe is the only one you could say hasn't done good. Yeah. See what he's offered them for 30 million. (laughs) It has been a very strange signing. I, I just didn't understand the whole signing of him in the first place. I don't think that was a position they realistically needed. No, no, it definitely wasn't. They needed centre backs because, all right, you're signed Romero, but you're stuck with Eric Dyer. Mm. Um, I mean, you can't expect Romero to come in straight away because he's only, what, 19, 20 years old. And you're expecting him to come in and dominate the Premier League straight away. It's never going to happen. I mean, yeah, he was might have been class for Atalanta last season, but expecting him to do that in the Premier League is just a tough ass for him. And it's just such bad, bad... Uh, all round from Spurs um, on the positive note though we'll talk about Man United now uh, the positive note go fuck yourself again <laughs> United 3-0 winners go on now you're going to spin this I, I, I've got nothing to say um, change of formation uh, going with two up top seemed to really work I, th- I did like the f- uh, forward three players in Bruno uh, Cavani and Ronaldo that looked really good up top um, it is something I'm hoping when we play these big teams again in the future that we do go with because at the back we look yes Spurs had their chances and they did have that uh, one goal correctly ruled off but I've got to say I feel like the back four did really well compared to like last week like it was light and day difference between the two sides Ollie's at the wheel <laughs> I mean Ollie's like you just like you said to me though in uh, our chat uh, yesterday, it is such a roller coaster of emotions, isn't it? Of course, this the bu- the bus thing needs to just stop because mm. now all this one will be is going up and up and up again for at least another month, and then you'll go back down again. Yeah. No complaints realistically over that whole performance. Very good. Uh, much much better and it's positive to see that sort of reaction um, from the team I like we said on the previous show I'd, I wasn't too sure as to what sort of reaction United would have in that game but it was good to see them bounce back with a very commanding 3-0 victory um, if there's one, one final we could add of it did they manage to make the 3-5-2 work yeah I would say I think they did quite well with it I always thought of a 3-5-2 you have that because it's five of the back technically when you defend so you don't really need two holding midfielders so when he still persisted with Fred and McTominay it was like alright you've chased the shape but you've still stuck in the same problem yeah but I, I, I think maybe because they weren't tested that much down the middle that's why it looked like were they both really needed where I think if we come up against players who will happily run through the middle at you then we'll see uh, why he has decided to do that with uh, them two defensive midfielders like teams like Liverpool yes um, let's talk about the early game on Saturday Leicester versus Arsenal and what a performance it was from Mikel Arteta's side uh, two early goals in the first half one from Gabriel Magalhaes with quite a lucky header I mean he didn't seem to know much about it Uh and then Smith Rowe with a nice goal as well to uh, double their lead. But yeah, they came out with the starting blocks firing in that one. Yeah, they're, they're looking very decent now. 
It's mm. disturbing. <laughs> I don't like yeah. it. <laughs> also, I miss when we had, we were allowed to make fun of Arsenal, <laughs> and it was only like two it, months ago. Yeah, I feel like it will be coming again soon. Hopefully, well, not with the way Aaron Ramsdale's playing. I mean, what a save that was from the Madison free kick. That was world class. Like I genuinely st- England number one. Yeah. I genuinely stood up in my living room and applauded that because that was such a beautiful save. Like straight away you're like he's completely beaten because he seemed too far over to his uh, right hand side. But the way he got across that to tip it onto the post, it was absolutely exceptional from him. Well, my reaction was just to sit there and nod my head in appreciation because standing up and clapping him would be a little bit weird. <laughs> well, uh, it's good to say that we uh, thought Ramsdale was going to be a good keeper uh, and good signing for Arsenal. Oh, wait, I don't think we did, did we? I mean, where's the evidence of that? Yes, the evidence doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, but... Would you read it's gone missing? <laughs> <laughs> We've sent it to Area 51. There's an Area 51. <laughs> um, Lesser just absolutely. Actually, if there's anything that's in Area 51, it's. <laughs> I need to say the thing again now because you distracted me. If there's anything that's in Area 51, it's Man City's ability to beat Crystal Palace because it's non existent. Yeah, I mean, I just. What's happened in this game? I mean, six minutes in, Zahar gives Palace the lead. And that's just thrown the cat amongst the pigeon just straight away. Everyone's like, hang on. What's Zahar going on himself had them on strings. It was just ridiculous. And then it gets bad for to work, from bad to worse for them just before halftime with uh, Laporte getting sent off. Deservedly. Yeah. And then uh, Conor Gallagher scoring two minutes from time who <clears throat> was absolutely incredible for Palace once again yeah both of their goals for, for counter-attacks mm. they exploited the weakness that is there with Man City yeah and then you've got all the Man City fans which had a good laugh about reading on Twitter saying oh, but Palace they came to defend no way lads really it's not that what every team does when they come to the Etihad well you would think so why are I mean, they crying about this? <laughs> even if they like, yeah. think after so many years of having to deal with it, they'd be so used to it. Well, yeah. Or at least find a way to get around it, but no. There's mm. still the odd game now and again when that happens, and it's hilarious. But yeah, it was baffling to see Man City drop the points this weekend and such a poor performance from Guardiola's side. Another team that dropped points, though, Liverpool. Drawing 2-2 with Brighton. What happened there? This one a little bit more shocking given you very rarely see Liverpool drop leads. Mm. I mean, 2-0 up inside 25 minutes. You think, okay, this is going to be pretty similar to last week for them. Going to absolutely run right and score more goals. But then, uh, Mwepu scores just before half-time. Trossard gets one just after the hour mark. And... Everyone's like, hang on a minute, what's happened here? How have Liverpool, like you say, conceded and dropped points here? It is very baffling to see. Yeah. I don't actually think I saw the highlights of this one. Weirdly. Somehow I just missed it, but I'd... yeah, no, it's hard to try and judge something out of Brighton. Other than 
well done on getting the result. Yes, uh, a quick rundown of the rest of the Premier League results now, and it was a surprise up at Turf Moor as Burnley beat Brentford 3-1, uh, 3-0 up inside the first half, which just no one was expecting in this game. So is this the thing with Brentford then? You do so well against everyone else, but you come up against an absolute shithouse team like Burnley, and you just... Are we calling them the... nobody could say nobody could say it's free to Burnley. Exactly. Are we calling them the Robin Hood of the Premier League? Take from the rich and give to the poor. Jesus. Um elsewhere, Southampton beat Watford 1-0 with Shea Adams scoring the only goal of the game. Chelsea beat Newcastle 3-0 with Reese James scoring a brace for Thomas Tuchel side. And in the early game today for us, Leeds United beat Norwich City 2-1. Uh, with a crazy four-minute spell where all the goals just happened at the start of the second half. Yeah, and it's the only four minutes of anything that happened in that game. And Norwich are god-awful, still. Yeah, they got them. The weird debate around Norwich right now is do they stick with Daniel Parker and and that, but what's the point? I don't see the point in them changing it because I don't think a new manager would even help. No, it's one of them where I feel like You've got to keep him for this season because, let's be realistic, every Norwich fan knows that they're going to get relegated this season, so there's no point in trying to rescue it. But the only thing I could say would be a glimmer of hope would be if you change your manager now, could that potentially give you a little bit of a run? On the subject of manager change, I had five live on. Mm-hmm. Like 10 minutes. I was hoping to hear a Villa fan on it, but yeah, I didn't. It was a Norwich fan. And he suggested, well, if they did change it, then Steve Bruce should be the manager. Have they not seen what he did recently at Newcastle? Like, has that just completely faded out of his head? There is that, but if you actually look into the detail, did he get relegated with them? Uh, No, that was Rafa. Steve Bruce over Rafa Benitez? Also... Steve Bruce is busy. The, fact, the facts don't lie. <laughs> yeah, but Bruce is busy at the minute. He's out enjoying the Cricket World Cup with his son Alex. So, I know what I would Norwich rather be doing. And that's watching the Cricket World Cup than managing Norwich. Do you think that's what he, he did with uh, the owners? Probably. So, uh, I'll, 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 I'll leave. But you got to get me tickets to that World Cup. <laughs> uh, I hear you're friends with... The people in Dubai, right? That, that Welsh. What was the Welsh? <laughs> I'm not, like I was questioning that accent in my head, and I was like, "Do I raise anything up?" And then I'm like, "I was talking because the I'm Brucey gonna... accent, you, the Bruce accent, he's he's supposed to be Geordie, but he's not sounding Geordie, is he? It's because he's like a very nasally Geordie. That's why. The only thing I know is the well. How was the bacon? Did you say? <laughs> There we go. You got the much better on. Um, that's the that's the. I don't see uh, Bruce going uh, to Norwich anyway. If they were to get rid of Daniel Farker, I think Norwich. You know what they're like. They love a point in for a manager, so it'd be someone randomly that you just don't know of. I think I really want back in there. <laughs> uh, we still have one game this weekend in the Premier League uh, taking place this evening for the listeners uh, tomorrow evening for us as Wolves take on Everton. Um, 
really big game. Everton obviously down in ninth uh, due to the results from the other teams this weekend. A win would see them go level on points with Manchester United and Arsenal. Whilst Wolves, like we said on the preview podcast, would leapfrog Everton if they were to win. But Wolves this season, I don't know whether you noticed, they seem to be doing what Leeds did last season. Scoring all the goals oh, but conceding the exact same amount. That's best way we feel better about them. Or... <laughs> uh, right, let's head over to our European leagues now and we'll start off with the Bundesliga. Bayern Munich got back to winning ways after a humiliating defeat in midweek by putting five past Union Berlin with Thomas Muller, Kingsley Komen, uh, Leroy Sane and Lewandowski getting on the score sheet with Lewandowski scoring a brace, which is just incredible to see how he is just still scoring goals. I mean, he's already got 12 goals this season in the league after 10 games. Mm. We know it's between him and Salah for the Ballon d'Or. But really thinking about it, because he was robbed, quite frankly, of it two years ago. Mm. Lewandowski should have it just because of that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, I think if this, like, if it wasn't just like players and all this, like, involved in football, and if it was a public vote, I think uh, Lewandowski would win it just about just purely See, no, down no, to the fact. You, you just said public vote. Hmm. Like, are you stupid? <laughs> of course Salah would win it. You know what the Egyptians are like. Uh, true. But I do agree with you. I think uh, Lewandowski does deserve it. It would win. probably just be hijacked by Arsenal fans anyway. Then Granite Jack would end up winning it somehow, even though he's not listed. If we could unleash the power of Zambin Twitter, maybe then we could get someone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, anyway, let's get back to uh, the Bundesliga roundup. Borussia Dortmund uh, beat Cologne 2-0 uh, with Torgan Hazard and Stefan Tiegs scoring the goals. Uh, it was a perfect start to life for new Wolfsburg manager uh, Florian Kohfeldt with a 2-0 victory over Bayer Leverkusen despite playing stoppage time uh, with 10 players after Lacroix got sent off there and Leipzig could only manage a 1-1 draw with Eintracht Frankfurt and Borussia Mönchengladbach beat Bochum uh, 2-1 over in France and PSG did they leave it late on Friday night to beat Lille yeah we are ranking Aldemar a lot just for predictions league reasons yeah uh, but again it's another poor performance from PSG and Messi getting substituted at half time I have to say Maurizio Pochettino must be the only manager in football right now that could be trending on Twitter with people clamouring to sack him from a team that haven't lost a game all season. Which is ridiculous. They've lost, 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 I said that wrong. They've lost one game. Yeah, lost season. one in the league. They've had a near perfect... I meant to say, from a, a team that's had a near perfect start this season. <laughs> you finally got the right sentence out. No other team in the world would be asking of their manager's head if they were top of the league. Yeah, top of the league by eight points. Just, I don't understand it. PSG fans, though. Yes. Uh, elsewhere, get some. elsewhere in Liege 1, uh, Lyon beat Lens 2-1. Nice beat Angers uh, by the same scoreline. Bordeaux beat Rem 3-2 and uh, Montpellier are currently winning 1-0 over Clermont and probably a surprise uh, <laughs> I always love it when you give live scores <laughs> you were just expecting oh this isn't, this isn't soccer Saturday 
Yeah, but I'm giving it to you. So People know the games have happened by the time <laughs> they're listening to this. Yes. Uh, is this you auditioning to replace Jeff Stelling? It is. <laughs> this is my uh, audition tape. We'll send this to Sky Sports afterwards. For diversity reasons, you may have a chance. Yes. If you give me an unbelievable Regan moment, then I'm happy. Um, I don't think oh, mad for presenting. But actually, I've just remembered before we move on, Liege 1. Yes. Liga. <laughs> I'm calling it Liga from now on. Because anywhere I see that people are calling it that, no, no one calls it Liege 1. It's just us. I got it from you. So sorry. I'm, sorry, you're alone in this. Anyway, what's your point? Liga. Uh, did you see Wabi Kazri's goal? I haven't actually seen Wabi Kazri's goal. Oh, yeah. Again, uh, this is advice from me to you. Follow the right people on Twitter. Because <laughs> oh. you're clearly not doing that. I've been busy. I've had other stuff on this weekend, so... I haven't been able to check most of it. All I would uh, just check it out. It's a goal from in his own half. Fair enough. Uh, I'll have a look at that later. Right, anyway, over to La Liga now. Well, I'd say I just remembered Sunderland fans, if there's a one listening to this, just fit with fear. Yes. <laughs> and they had their own wabby casual. Over to La Liga and interim boss at Barcelona haven't had the perfect start, only drawing 1-1 with Alavis. Sack the guy now. Yeah, I mean... Memphis Depay scores the goal for Barcelona, but that literally the lead literally lasted like two, three minutes before Luis Rioja uh, scored the equaliser and another poor game from Barcelona. Real Madrid beat Elche 2-1 and Vinicius Junior seems to be in the form of his bloody life at the minute. I said he was in form and you said, no, he's not. And then you proceeded to read the stats and now you realise, oh, maybe he is. Welcome to the like, club. He's in incredible form and I don't know how he hasn't been called up to the Brazil squad at this minute in time and uh, I dive poor with what he was getting called up <laughs> that's a weird one mm. uh, Atletico Madrid beat Real Betis 3-0 uh, João Felix and Yannick Carrasco scoring the goals there was also a known goal in that game and uh, Sociedad are currently playing so uh, we don't have a late well we do have a late score it's 0-0 but it's no point telling you lot the result as it, as you said it's already happened and finally I don't know Jeff shall we go to Camin that's fine <laughs> finally we'll head over to Italy now where we have all the latest as Juventus's revival has hit a brick wall after they lost 2-1 to Hellas Verona on Saturday the old lady has tripped over you mean yeah all thanks to Diego Simeone's son Giovanni scoring a brace Nice. Uh, elsewhere in uh, Italy, Atalanta and Lazio played out a 2-2 draw with Martin Darun scoring a last-minute equaliser for Atalanta to hold on to the points. Inter Milan beat Udinese 2-0 uh, with Joaquin Correa scoring both goals there. And uh, AC Milan and Roma is still currently going on with Zlatan Ibrahimovic scoring the only goal so far in that game for AC Milan. Right, uh, before no worries. Uh, before we finish, we will head over to our predictions league now. Um, bad weekend. Abysmal. Yeah. As abysmal as Villa. Definitely so. Um, the only points we've got so far is P- oh, the only points we got. Sorry, was both got one point for PSG versus Lille, 
and you got one point for predicting that Feyenoord would win the Rotterdam derby. And uh, with fantasy football as well, you get the extra point. We're now level on points at 32 apiece this season. Very interesting. Yes. We, we've definitely made it a lot more intriguing this year. We've the two of us for that. Yeah. And uh, I can't complain, actually. I'm enjoying it being a lot more closer than what it has been in the past. You're sure? No. I hate it. I want to be back to absolutely <laughs> crushing you and having something to I be say, we're going to ignore the... Week. Let's ignore the part of the fact that it was me that came up with the new rules. <laughs> it's probably exactly. what I'm doing. To, I, I made it more fair. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't get any more I'm all about a fair and equal society. <laughs> God bless the United States. <laughs> right. Um, we've actually got Champions League football to look at before we uh, head off because uh, it is oh, match day four this week. Um all the English sides are playing. So on Tuesday, Manchester United travel to Atalanta, whilst Chelsea travel to Sweden to face Malmo. Um, quick look at how each team are doing in their group. Obviously, Man United are top of their group after winning last time out against Atalanta, whilst Chelsea are second in their group after a 4 0 win against Malmo last time. And then on Wednesday, Manchester City hosts Club Bruges and Liverpool hosts Atletico Madrid in what should be a very good game. Yeah, can we say with United that if you don't beat Atalanta, or if you, you have to lose really for this to happen, does that make the Spurs result just completely irrelevant? Yeah, if we don't win or draw, like, and it's a good draw, if we put in I a feel like you have to win. Yeah. Otherwise, like you said, everything that we did on Saturday is just null and voided now. Yeah, um, I wouldn't figure anything else. Yep. Uh, we'll Man City have to come out and batter whoever they're playing again. I've forgotten. Club Bruges. Yeah, they have to batter them again. Yes. Uh, we'll be back in our usual Thursday spot uh, where we'll be reacting to all the Champions League news and stories, previewing the weekend's game and... I believe Gareth Southgate is naming his squad on Thursday as well for the November internationals. Is he? Well, I know he's not going to be a part of that one. Yeah, I think it will be this week because I believe the week after is the start of the international break anyway. It's coming up, in it? But, uh, you know, who yes. knows? Right, like I said at the start, make sure you like and subscribe to us wherever you are listening to us uh, on our weekly basis and follow us on Twitter as well at OffTCPod for all the latest news including the future of Nuno Espirito Santo if he does get sacked. If we're speaking on Twitter for a second Yes Just that password's getting changed <laughs> I'd do it one time during a match to you and now you do it for every single goal I mean, I just had to enjoy the fun. It's like it's like in just it's death by a thousand cuts for you. <laughs> I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's all I'm saying. I'm sure you did. I can't wait to go at you in a month's time when you want Ollie out again. I thought you were going to say next week when we have the Manchester derby. Oh, it's coming next week. Oh, even better. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, we will see you on Thursday, and until then, it's goodbye from Brad. You just hate football sometimes. No, I love it. (laughs) But until next time, goodbye.